Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Forgotten Voices. This is Kate and I, and today we will be focusing on the ethnic minority in China, the Uyghur Muslim population. Um, although it's been popping in the news every once in a while, it really hasn't stayed there for long. So we wanted to bring attention and awareness to what's going on in China and the fact that they also do have camps. All right, so who exactly are the Uyghurs? They're a Turkic, Turkic Muslim minority located in the far northwest autonomous region of China. They border Tibet to the, um, to the south, so they're above Tibet. And it, the Uyghurs got there when, um, have been there since the Silk Road all the way back then, um, just due to Arab traders coming back and forth to China, and they've always wanted control of the region for strategic purposes, both the Silk Road and border protection, as it borders seven different countries, including India, Russia, and Pakistan. But the interesting thing is only about 9.7% of the area is livable because the rest is mountains. So it's really just a buffer between China and the rest of the world. Interesting. Um, So that leads to the question of why are they persecuted? So There has always been a history of resistance of the Chinese government. Um, The first uprising in 1931, then 1944, which was backed by the Soviets, and then 2008. Following the 9-11 attacks in the U.S., the Chinese government started justifying its actions toward Uyghurs as part of the global war on terrorism. It said it would combat what it calls the three evils, separatism, religious extremism, and international terrorism at all costs. In 2009, um, rioting in the capital city, which broke out as mostly Uyghur demonstrators who protested against the state-incentivized Han Chinese migration in the region and widespread economic and cultural discrimination. During the next few years, authorities blamed the Uyghurs for attacks at a local government office, train station, open-air markets, as well as the, um, I can never say this properly, sorry, the Tiananmen Square in Beijing. Uh, The government also feared that thousands of Uyghurs who moved to Syria to fight for various militant groups included the self-proclaimed Islamic State after the outbreak of civil war in 2011, which would return China and spark violence. Um, And just to kind of bring to your attention, the Uyghurs are an ethnic uh, minority. They're Islam. They practice Islam, while Chinese practice predominantly um, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism. But lately have been leaning towards a more atheist approach because the party doesn't want anything that's distracting from the party. So they've been really cracking down on religion. Yep. And so um, although not explicitly against the Uyghurs for uh, their religion, they have um, um, done a lot of actions against this group, such as... um, persecuting them for fasting during Ramadan and things like that. Yes. So China has had obviously tensions, tension with other regions that are autonomous regions. We all know about Hong Kong and Tibet has been a problem too, but they going back to like, it's not specifically Islamophobia that's causing this. Over a long term, you can look at China's relationship with other ethnic minority groups within China. So um, the Uyghurs are different, not because they're Islam, they practice Islam, but because they're far away from mainland China. So they never really felt connected to the Han culture. Importantly, they speak their own language, which is Turkic, 
and they, that which disfranchises them even more. And they've never really been connected with the capitalist and economic success of the Han people and have never really felt culturally connected to them, which has fostered fear and actual want of separatism. Um, if you can look an example of the Tibetans versus the Hui, which is uh, considered the Muslim minorities who are not in another group, so Muslims that are not the Uyghurs, you can see the difference between the treatment. So the Tibetans are Buddhist, which is the Chinese main religion, but have experienced violence and oppression as well because as an active resistance to being part of China, and they have their own language. On the other hand, the Hui, as I said, are Muslims, but not part of another ethnic group, and they only speak Chinese languages, and they're spread widely across China instead of isolated, like the Tibetans or the Uyghurs, so they've been highly assimilated into Han culture. But recently, as, as early as 2018, when the Chinese Communist Party took over religious affairs in the government, the Hui's have been starting to get the same treatment because they're trying to root out any religion in China. Um, their exemption from the religious res restrictions changed in 2018, and they've been taking down mosques and um, suppressing religious practices. Um, recently, the reason why this autonomous region has been so important to China is because it's China's largest coal and natural gas reserve and thus super important to their Belt and Road Initiative. Um, and so they really want to get rid of their claim is get rid of any separatist activity to further their development of their economy. So what's the actual extent of their persecution? So last, not last week, um, just earlier this week, AP had released a report um, speaking about how China is cutting the number of Uyghur births with IUD, steriliz sterilization and abortion. Um, what's going on is that China is encouraging the ethnic majority to have children as they're curbing the ethnic minority population. So Chinese officials will arrest and force Uyghur women into camps by the number of children they have. Uh, one of the women had two children, was forced to pay heavy fines, which she'd be unable to, and then was forced into camp. Another way for the officials to, to detain um, the Uyghurs. The woman, most women were forced to attend classes regarding curbing birth rates, and on Monday, which I think was the same day the article came out, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo denounced the policies regarding curbing birth rates. The Chinese foreign minister claimed that these stories were fabricated and fake news, claiming they treat all their ethnic minorities the same as ethnic majorities. Yeah, but this persecution has been happening for years. There's been a media blackout in the autonomous region. Um, there's been video surveillance all over the region Uyghurs have to carry ID cards. There's been facial recognition software and a collection of biometric data through required free health clinics, which tech had been sold by American companies. To, and they take all this data and collect it in a database known as the Joint Operations Platform. Then they have um, artificial intelligence use the Joint Operations Platform to create a list of suspicious people who are then sent to these re-education camps that we will soon learn are not actually re-education camps. Um, classified Chinese government documents released by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalism, Journalists in November 2019 revealed that more than 15,000 Uyghur, 
Uyghurs were placed in detention centers during a seven-day period in June 2017 after being flagged by the algorithm. So the algorithm basically just decides that you must be Uyghur based on your activity, and you then get sent to these re-education camps, which started in 2014, but have dramatically expanded in 2017. And one million, over one million Uyghurs or other Muslim minorities have been put into these camps and their total size is equivalent to 140 soccer fields. Detainees are forced to pledge loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party and renounce Islam, as well as sing praise for communism and learn Mandarin. Some reported prison-like conditions with cameras and microphones monitoring their every move and utterance. Others say they were tortured and subjected to sleep deprivation during interrogations. Women have shared stories of sexual abuse and like Sapria said earlier, with some saying that they were forced to undergo abortions or have contraceptive devices implanted against their will. Um, some released detainees complained or talked about contemplating suicide or witnessed others committing suicide because the conditions were so horrible. I think it's so interesting, so ironic that they call it re-education camps because we've seen in the past other... Um, nations doing the same thing and then you actually learn what it is right and re-education camps usually like they're not even hiding they say that this is literally to just curb out the Uyghur minority population and make them Han people they've called it um, ethnic re-engineering which I think is a really interesting term so what has been the international community's response? Because obviously the Chinese are coming out saying it's um, a re-education camp, but we know differently. Right. So they've been quiet. <laughs> the, the Muslim majority neighboring nations, they've been quiet. So, for example, in 2015, Thailand returned more than 100 Uyghurs. In 2017, Egypt deported several students. The documents released by ICIJ showed that the Chinese government instructed these officials to collect information on Chinese Uyghurs living abroad and called for many to be arrested as soon as they re-entered China. Um, like I said, many are many who are silent are Muslim nations. Uh, why? Because they're prioritizing their economic ties and strategic relationships with China. Many governments have just plain outright ignored the human rights abuses. In July 2019, after a group of mostly European countries and no Muslim majority countries signed a letter to the human rights chief condemning China's action um, in more than three dozen states, including Pakistan and Saudi or sorry, more than three dozen states, including Pakistan and Saudi Arabia, signed their own letter praising China's remarkable achievements in human rights and, is, and its counterterrorism efforts. Earlier in 2019, Tur Turkey became the only Muslim-majority country to voice the concern. Now, the Chinese pro-government newspaper tweeted this. The West should be consistent over its own value system. How can it be fine to kill terrorists with missiles but a humanitarian crisis when we the attempts to turn them into normal people? What is this? This is weaponizing Islamophobia is all it is. And it's showing the example that the West is setting for the rest of the world with their responses after 9-11. When other, we're supposed to be the leaders and when other countries see what we're doing, it's really easy to step up and start doing the same thing or even worse. So 
this recently came into the news about two weeks ago with Bolton's book. Um, we, the United States has imposed visa restrictions on Chinese officials believed to be responsible for or complicit in detention of Muslims, um, marking the toughest steps by any major government to date, including other U.S. administrations. It also blacklisted more than two dozen Chinese companies and agencies listed to abuses in the region, including surveillance technology and um, effectively blocked them from buying U.S. products, even though it is interesting that Thermo Fisher was caught selling them the data or selling them the technology that allowed them to do this genetic database collection. Um, But Bolton's book says that President Donald Trump has um, told President Xi that he should proceed in building detainment camps for the group. Furthermore, he also says that Trump asked the Chinese president to help with the 2020 election. And interestingly, the book also says that a different official in the Trump administration said that the same thing had happened in talks during 2017. This was came out the same day that the U that Trump had signed the Uyghur Human Rights Act that had been passed by both by Congress. Can you tell us a little bit about that act, Priya? Sure. So, the Human Rights Policy Act, which was signed June 17, um, the bill calls for the U.S. to report human rights violations against the Uyghurs to Congress, and would call on Trump to impose sanctions on Chinese officials for their role in these violations. China responded, saying there will be consequences if this was not reversed, um, as all of this is false, that it's fake news. And um, uh, reports came out that really Trump was kind of had no other option but to sign it. He was very reluctant in doing it. I think the vote ended up being all but one. I think it was like 240 to one or very, very... um, like, we want to sign this bill. Right. And it's a pretty bipartisan issue in Congress. And we all know that's not really a thing anymore. But um, <laughs> China hawks are really, really big on punishing China for this, as well as other things, which is obviously had to do with the trade war. And something to um, note is that the Uyghurs have been persecuted for decades. Like, this is not something that just came out in the past few years during Trump's administration, this has been going on for from the past few administrations. Um, and it's very similar to how the UN and the EU are also responding. Um, a lot of these nations are afraid to kind of speak against China or retaliate because of the China's Belt, Ro- Belt and Road Initiative and a lot of the other economic um assistance that China gives these nations and so they're they're putting their economy and their country's prosperity over innocent people right and also ironic obviously like everyone knows that the Chinese Communist Party um, media presence to the outside world is full of a bunch of lies but one of China's like big things against the U.S. is mass mass incarceration of Americans, but they're doing the same thing in China, which neither is right, but it's ironic how China has just blatantly either ignored any claims of this happening, lied about claims of this happening, or just 
tried to blame it on other people. I think it's so fascinating that each country will attack each other, but they have their own form of mass incarceration and their own form of detention centers in their country. Right. And it's also interesting that the U.S. has taken a really hard stand on Hong Kong, um, even though people in Hong Kong have also been protesting on behalf of the Uyghurs. So it's just been a big circle of people blaming other people and stepping in when they think it's economically favorable. But honestly, between the tensions from the trade war and the tensions from coronavirus, maybe this is the time for the U.S. to crack down on China as we may be one of the only countries in the position to do so. I agree with you, Kate, there. Um, Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. Please feel free to leave us a voice message. And if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks and see you next week.